All right, what's up, everybody? You're back in here with the Pro Football Pod, me and the boys. We've got a special guest on today, our boy Brandon Sutton, at Chief Sut on Twitter. We're going to hit you, you know, a little bit of pre-reviews from the uh, games before, some previews for coming up. we got some betting. we got some DFS. we got some parlays for you. We've got some player props, personal opinions. We're just going to throw all that out there to you. How's it going today, boys? What's going on? Yo, 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 yo. Thanks for having me, boys. Hype to be in the gang. Been a fan since day one. <laughs> day one. Oh, by the speaking of day one, <laughs> plug the pod. What you got over there you working on on the side there? That wasn't even intentional, but that's smooth as shit. But uh, shout outs to day one Dolphins for all my Miami Dolphins fans out there. Me and my boy, Ouch, just specifically talk about the Dolphins and all the uh, shenanigans surrounding them. And then, uh, like they said, Sutton says, I do a little bit of fantasy stuff, a little bit of random stuff. I'm excited to do this because we're going to just only talk straight up football, not just my Dolphins. So it's just me talking about Coach McDaniel being funny and shit like this is everybody. And this is me getting to rewatch all the replays condensed, me watching everything on Sunday, watching all the games, taking all my little notes and then like spitting them out. And I think uh, I think you guys probably got some fire notes, too, from the shit you were sending back and forth earlier. So it might be juicy. First week of football is in the books, and I'm just so excited. I can't wait for week two. I mean, I feel like this is the best time of the year because there's just so much football in front of us. All of our fantasy teams haven't shit the bed yet. Maybe just one or two, depending on who you got in there. Mine did. Yeah. Uh, Well... I, can't I mean, you can't always play the champ. <laughs> there were some ugly ones all over the place. And in all my leagues, I saw some upsets. There were some players that put up goose eggs that had no business doing that. And there were some players that put up 20 that had no business doing that. So don't beat yourself up yet. It's early. It's week one. Don't sell the farm yet. <laughs> no, don't don't sell For the real? farm. But like, But you did have guys, you know, that popped off and you didn't necessarily expect it to. Like Carson Wentz. Top three fantasy quarterback last week, top five overall, top seven, according to PPR. I mean, dude just went off. Like, yeah, he had his Wentzian interceptions and shit that he did. He let the team get down. But, you know, I think he prefers to play from behind because he wants to be the hero. And the guy just came out d- throwing dimes to Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, got Terry Mack in the end zone one time. Like, I mean... I loved what I saw out of him. I personally picked him up in fantasy myself because, you know, Dak Prescott needed to break his thumb. That's whatever. But, like, Wentz, I wouldn't be mad, you know, if I had to throw him in my lineup a couple weeks. He might throw you a dud, but he also might give you 30 points like he did in week one there. And uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, that man took off like a goddamn rocket doing his gritty in the back of the end zone. A few times. He was insane. Insane. I can't stop watching the highlights of that game. They couldn't cover him, and why they didn't have Jair Alexander shadow that man the whole game? Like, he got toasted a couple times, like, when he was on him, so that could be why. But still, like, you paying that guy number one corner money, he's widely rated as a top five, top three cornerback in some eyes. Like, I mean, I don't know me personally. I feel like X-Man would have followed him, so... You know, just follow him. No argument from me, bruv. 
I mean, Justin Jefferson legitimately on three of his catches, there was nobody in camera shot. Whenever they saw him catch the ball, like you couldn't see another defender even close because he just broke him so bad. Some guys are just too good. And I think early in the preseason, I was kind of getting the idea, listening to Justin Jefferson talk and like how the offense was talking. It was going to be like a, a magical year for him. I took him fifth overall in one league. I am not going to regret it. It's clear. It doesn't matter who you put on him. That guy's going to put up 100 yards a game every game. It doesn't matter. He's in I've taken him first overall in pretty much any draft I could. If I had the top five pick. No need reason not to. Number two. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did. And uh, speaking of back, somebody that's not quite in that top five pick conversation, but hey, I was thinking about taking him top five this year. My man, Saquon fucking Barkley, dude. Say quads, baby. Vic 2-6 put an absolute hurting on him this week. And we saw probably, just off the top of my head, four to five of those damn Saquon runs where he broke somebody off, gave him a stiffy, gave him a shake, gave him a shoulder, kept it moving. They, they tried to throw the ball. They couldn't. And he still put up those rushing yards. I think we're in. Same way we're talking about Justin Jefferson. If you were like me and snagged Saquon early third when he was still going, then those late second juicy juice, you got a top five guy as long as he's healthy. I was so unfortunate to not start him this week, and I can't believe it, but he's an automatic starter for the rest of the year. That explosion that you see, I mean, the Giants weren't the only team to win as the underdogs last week. There were quite a few, but they were probably the most impressive the way that they did win. That end of the game, I mean, maybe them in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Seattle, Chicago, yeah. Houston. We had a lot of underdog uh, games last week. I think Pittsburgh making Fitzpatrick, making that block right at the end. I mean, that was probably the best one. But the two-point conversion, Brian <laughs> Dable being just ballsy. Ballsy. Yeah. I love to see it in the week one. Best game for sure was that Steelers, Bengals going back and forth and all that excitement. But biggest upset had to be Geno Smith. They tried to write him off. And he did it right back. Oldest time <laughs> ever stated in an interview on the field. Are you kidding me, dude? Like, and he did it. I wrote him off. All three of y'all wrote him off. Every single uh, one of us wrote him off. It's Geno Smith. Uh, Drew Locke. I said sell on all the wide receivers because whether it was Geno or Drew Locke, fuck them both. Like it ain't gonna matter. And Geno just said, "Hold my nuts, real quick, bro." Hey, he did. And I. It was week it. one. It was week one. Let's... A lot of emotion in that game, though. That was yes. Russ coming back. Russ coming home. Bronco, lot of lot to prove. Like he said, everybody's talking this offseason about, oh, they're playing for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. They're looking for number one pick. Pete Carroll's ready to rebuild. And Geno's just like, hold on, son. Hold the bag real quick. I'm going. And <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, another guy you know, he's like, Tyreek said he's going to need a wheelbarrow for his nuts. My man, Mike McDaniel. You know, we're talking about guys like Brian Dable going for, to, uh, for two there just to go ahead and take the lead, put his team out ahead because he trusts his squad there. For Mike McDaniel, first-time head coach, going up against the GOAT coach, Bill Belichick, right now in your first get pro game as an NFL head coach. And on fourth and seven, 
bef- 28 seconds before half. Most guys, they're just going to punt it, go to half, take the 10 to 0 lead. Hey, we're we're up, we're getting the ball back. Everything's looking good, boys. Nah, let me hit Jalen Waddle for a slant real quick through three guys and we're just going to split the defenders and go score a tutty. Even if he gets tackled and still catches the ball, it's still a first down. We're in field goal range. We're at least putting three more points on the board there. I say we because I'm invested and we are a part of this team. But <laughs> But uh, like, man, dude, like I'm telling you, as soon as that play was called, man, like instant respect. And, you know, he got that respect in the locker room, too. Hey, that's a uh, coach who believes in his quarterback right there. But a coach who doesn't believe in his quarterback, even though he traded for him, is the goddamn Broncos. What happened to, you know, Broncos, let's ride. We ain't riding on that fourth down for them five yards. Instead, we're kicking a freaking 57-yard field goal, is it? 64. 64. 64. And I was about to say, you're pushing an NFL NFL record. Yeah, no. That's ridiculous. And why, though? You saw, like you said, a quarterback should be able to make that throw to someone. It's five yards. We pay you this much money to be able to do that. You did it in college. You do it in practice all the time. There's no reason for them to do that shit and burn the clock in the manner that they did. Like, Run your play, get your first down, and keep going. But, like, I don't know. I agree with you, though. They just either didn't trust Russ or they didn't trust the situation. But either way, somebody that I I still trust, even though a lot of people might not trust, my man Kyle Pitts, he is still Kyle Pitts. I had to watch the replay myself to see what the hell was going on because what is Marcus Mariota doing looking like Michael Vick out there? And... No, it was just he Mariota did play well. He took advantage of what the defense gave him, and you could tell the defense went out of their way to take away Kyle Pitts. But they were still giving him the looks. He didn't have he didn't have the numbers that he's supposed to, but he was getting the ball thrown his way, which is something to pay homage to. It's gonna be okay. Let's not freak out. If it's another two, three, four weeks of Mariota barely getting him the ball, maybe start freaking out. But right now I wouldn't stress it too much. He's already got the targets. Like, that's the big thing. And Mariota looked like a real quarterback, uh, not a backup out there. And, like, it's like they were playing against nobody last week. They they were within one point of beating New Orleans with Jameis and all these points. Like, Michael Thomas and everyone else doing what they're doing. So I definitely don't think it's time to freak out if you have either of those two guys. Obviously, Cordell Patterson's another one that worked out really well for people last week. Now, it might be time to freak out if you have some of these guys that might have got injured in uh, week one. Dak is probably the biggest one, six to eight weeks. Uh, He already had surgery, so he's just going to be in recovery. We know that it's not going to be some, like, it might get re-aggravated thing. He's got to come back at this point. Um, You got something to say? Yeah, Jerry says that, you know, oh, he thinks that he might have the chance to be back in about four weeks or even three weeks. I personally think that's bullshit because, you know, Jerry's looking out for that wallet. He's not wanting ticket sales and shit like that to go down. People selling on the team until Dak comes back. All that shit. Because Jerry's not looking to tank. Jerry's not about that life. He's not going to tank or anything like that. That's why I'm honestly shocked we haven't heard about them trading for a backup quarterback yet. Because to me, like, I I don't think Cooper Rush is going to get it done for you for six weeks. So you've got to get somebody in there. Yeah, like you make- said yeah cap would make sense but jerry he he doesn't want ticket prices to flip the fuck out and get all weird the same way he doesn't want people thinking Dak's gonna be out for two months he knows that cap might be a little too polarizing and he knows where his 
stadium's located, so might not be a good look. But I think Cooper Rush is not it. And if they are planning on riding that for the next little bit, you are very right. You should be worried. <laughs> As a Cowboys fan, I'm happy that we got to rip this bandaid off quick and we're looking for next season already. Scratch this one. Already? Week one. You're sounding Scratch like a Dolphins it. fan out here, bro. Scratch it. A former it. Dolphins fan. We're looking former. great right now. <laughs> Seriously. Right now. Week two. Yes. That's the old Miami us, Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Join the bandwagon, bro. Join the bandwagon. So, I don't know. I, for me, I try to get my, my medical information from doctors. Uh, shout out the fantasy doctor on YouTube. Uh, that does not look like he's going to be back in four weeks. It's a surgery. Like, that's, I mean, come on, man. And it says, like, throwing hand. It's it's all bad news. It's not good. Uh, TJ Watt's another player that, that you don't have all bad news. I guess he's had three different opinions, and it's not looking like it's a tear. It's looking like he might be able to come back within maybe the end of October, mid-October. So there's a little bit there. Eli Mitchell is one that we need to see a little bit more on. Um, it's looking like it's not going to be season-ending, but it's not going to be something that you're excited for him to come back. He's not going to come back to a job. If there's one thing we know about the Shanahan offense, it's not going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. either, and it's probably not going to be Tyrion Davis-Price. It's going to be some other dude that they pull up with in the next two, three weeks that is the new lead back. And by the time Eli Mitchell is healthy, it's not going to matter. And then that guy know. just gets drafted top 15 next year, like – because he's the San Francisco's running back, like, and then he breaks his ACL first week, and then we're in the same. Wait, have we been here before? You see, I don't touch this backfield, but I've been riding Debo. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I ride Debo. I mean, he's got the skills, but I just want to know, like, what's going on or what was up with Trey Sermon as to why they cut him, because I feel like right now would be, like, prime time for him to actually come in and, like, show, you know, why he was drafted. Apparently, he was just an asshole. And I, I guess a big thing with the Shanahan offense and the 49ers team is, like, it's team first, it's vibe first, and, like, you know, it's a work-by-committee type deal. Pretty much everywhere. Even the receiving court, there's not, like, a main guy. Kittle's the tight end, but, like, yeah, Debo's the one, but they try to treat Ayuk as the 1B. He just doesn't get the carries. But apparently, Sermon was just a dick and, like, didn't fit Sermon- the vibe. Sermon never got out of the doghouse with Shanahan ever since he missed curfew that one night with Brandon Ayuk. So, I'm saying Brandon Ayuk doesn't look like he's ever gotten out either. I mean, Ayuk just Whoa. cannot nah, put up a solid. I I just want him to put up that solid outing because I think he's just as good and athletic as Debo. Like no. they are so similar, <laughs> and like. No. Brandon Ayuk is bad at football. Debo is good at football. That's the difference. Ayuk can't okay. catch. Ayuk can't run routes. Ayuk's fast, oh, and he like has Ayuk measurables. Hater. Well, if that's what I mean, yeah. athletic. Like he's athletic. Show me. But I want to see shit. him be athletic, and he did. That's all that I really see from Debo. I mean, I don't see him Cooper cupping people in routes. Like he has good route running, but he's not like. I I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see him do it. You know, long how, long time. Come, Love me long how time. Come, how come Jimmy G doesn't throw it like Peyton Manning, you know? There's levels to this shit. Of course, Debo ain't going to run it like Cooper Cup. Like, that's not, that's not a fair comparison. He's a, you know, second-tier guy. But Ayuk is not, like, a baller. Debo's a baller. They can put him at running back and pitch him the ball when it's fucking storming. Like, Ayuk, I feel like do that. The only real baller that got hurt over the weekend was Keenan Allen. He was the yeah. one that, like, it sucks. He went down because 
He's the type of guy that whenever he is hurt, it'll linger and it'll hurt him. He'll come back before he's ready, but it mm-hmm. just it'll hurt him. He'll he'll come out after the first quarter, one game this year. I'm calling it right now. Like it just it sucks having that season with Keenan Allen and it's already started really 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 early. I had a question from Twitter and this kid asked me Keenan Allen or Michael Pittman starting week 1 and I said Keenan Allen until he gets hurt. And what do you know week 1 he's already banged up. So it sucks that's, to see. That's but. a close call either way cuz they're on every ranking that I had and every draft that I did they were always right here. But the only reason Pittman would ever nudge out Keenan is the ceiling. Like, his ceiling is literally unlimited with there being no one else but Jonathan Taylor in the offense and kind of Alec Pierce. But Keenan, there's a hundred guys there that could go off at any minute, you know? And Herbert's not afraid to spread the ball around either. So, like, he doesn't necessarily care to go to Keenan Allen 12 times when you've got Mike Williams and he trusts... uh, Palmer over there and then also this other guy comes out of nowhere DeAndre Carter this last week so the the second tight end they have another tight end now no he's a wide receiver McKitty is oh Oh, no McKitty yeah no yeah 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 Yeah, I know DeAndre Carter yeah yeah he was with the football team and I was like damn this guy's kind of a weapon he's gonna take the Curtis Samuel shit and then just did like all right (laughs) at least he's in LA where like you said Herbert's down to throw 5,000 yards to eight different people as long as they catch the fucking rockets he throws at them. (laughs) Which, if you know you're a fan of the team, that's all that should matter. Move the ball, put points on the board, let's win these games, get out of here. But, uh, all right, guys, we're going to be back in about 30 seconds, take a quick little ad break, and we'll hit you guys on the other side with some previews for next week there. All right, guys, and we're back. Going to hit you up with some previews, DFS lineups, parlays for you here. First game of the week we got coming up for Thursday night football this week. We got the Chargers at the Chiefs. For all our betting guys out there looking at the lines here, you've got the Chiefs are minus 4.5 at home. So, you know, you take the typical uh, three points that they would get at home there. They're getting an extra point and a half there. Justin Herbert, 2-0 in Kansas City so far. Doesn't really feel the pressure there. You can get chargers at plus 176 on the money line and the over under is 53.5 so touchdowns will be scored what are we thinking here guys what are you looking at what do you like i don't think anyone is going to beat the patrick mahomes that i just watched for a few more weeks at least i don't care who you line up in front of them that's that chief shit that starts eight and no and people are like damn how is anyone going to beat the chiefs and what it looks like is Almost like Mahomes is relieved not having Tyreek Hill there because there's not someone else that he has to get the ball to. He knows he wants to get the ball to Kelsey, and if shit's hitting the fan, get the ball to Kelsey. But now the offense is more spread out, and he can do more of him and almost freestyle more. And he was painting on the Cardinals the other day. I could see him doing a lot more of the same. I don't care how much the Chargers put up. Um, I think Pat just puts up more points than everyone for the next few weeks. I've always been one that's kind of discounted Pat Mahomes a little bit throughout his career. And I think that Sunday shut me up forever. He it was an artist. Like you said, he was painting out there. He had nine completions to different receivers through five touchdowns. And it's not like he was just targeting Kelsey in the red zone. I mean, he was getting touchdowns wherever it was open. He was obviously prepared for that game. And I think that's the thing that Andy Reid will always bring to that offense. Now, the Chargers defense with the pieces they added 
JC Jackson's still hurt, correct? He's not really correct. playing yet. So he that didn't sucks. Today. That sucks. That 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 would be a huge addition to helping shut down some of what's going on there. Without him and you know, and using Khalil Mack and and those pieces they have, I mean, they still have a chance. I just think that Kansas City will edge out. I think that the four point five uh, spread for Los Angeles though is a little bit interesting. They could even lose by, you know, a little bit over a field goal, and you still win the bet. I think it's going to be a close game for sure. It you will. still got it, Asante Samuel and Derwin James there, so. It's not like they're that weak there in the secondary. But if we're talking about defenses, I'd rather the Chargers defense over the Char- the Chiefs defense. And when we're talking about offenses, I mean, they're both pretty much the same. The Charger- the Chiefs were just a little bit more electric, had more touchdowns, but they were also playing a tougher defense. Going back to, like, what y'all were saying about Mahomes painting, I will say, especially, like, looking at it at the beginning of last year, they started, what, like, one and five, two and five? And everybody was like, what's wrong with Mahomes? What's going on with this offense? And then they just turned it on. Last week was the most poised I've seen Mahomes in forever, including the playoff games when he was going off. Like you said, he was just sitting back there, knew exactly where he wanted to go with the ball. Even if he was rolling out, he did so with direction and knowing exactly what he was doing. Like like you guys said, the, the man was an artist. Like, it was just, you know, that was a quarterback clinic out there. And also just to, you know, see all this nonsense and whatnot with Kyler Murray and him be able to show him, you know, this is why you make the money you do. And to me, yeah, it it was beautiful to watch. It was awesome. And I do like the Chargers defense. I like all the auditions. I like the idea of it. And they held the Raiders, like, pretty well last week. You know, 19 points. But again, if you want to line it up pound for pound, even with Devontae Adams and Waller there, like that Chiefs offense looked absurd. And like, if it's going to be a shootout, like I'm going to put my money on Justin Herbert making a mistake before Pat Mahomes does, or Justin Herbert not scoring on one or two drives because they pulled Mahomes in what the third quarter the other day. Like, most of those stats were on the first half. Like, that was a bloodbath. He would have put up Madden stats. If that was me coaching instead of Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes would have finished with 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> now, I Fuck think that, that part of that has to do with um, Arizona's defense. Like, they do not look like Arizona from last year. They didn't have JJ. There are pieces missing. This is going to be the matchup that we've all been waiting for. I mean, besides mm-hmm. the last Thursday night, I can't believe that the two, like Thursday nights are normally trash games with trash teams just getting hurt the whole time. And I hope that nobody on this either of these teams gets hurt because it should be a phenomenal game. Bezos. Bezos was like, nah, we need to get the real games. The next game we have up would be the Patriots versus the Steelers. Home at the Steelers. The Steelers are underdogs by 2.5 and the over under is at 40.5 I would definitely be leaning Steelers in this matchup even with the injury of Najee I still think the Steelers get it done I'm just not impressed with the Patriots in that offense or nor that defense do we think Najee's playing like is, is it I mean I know he said he's playing but like is he actually playing he'll play but I don't think he's gonna matter I think uh I think our offense, like the Dolphins offense that we watched, were under pressure 
99.9% of our dropbacks. I don't, I, don't, I don't need to see the PFF numbers to know that. I saw it. And Judon is a beast, son. I, I think if they can't figure something out for Judon, Trubisky is going to have a tough day. And whether Najee's there or not, Belichick's, Belichick keys on shit, bro. He's going to be keyed in on taking Najee away and getting that pressure and trying to make Trubisky throw around it. And without TJ Watt there... Maybe Minka makes some plays, but again, Pats are just going to pound the rock, pound the rock, throw it when they have to. And if the Steelers' pass rush can't get there, I don't know how it goes, but that's one that I would avoid in all parlays, all everything. I don't like the spread. It's just so weird right now. We don't have enough film on either team, but I wouldn't touch that one. That's why, if anything, if I had to bet something on here, I'm looking at the under 40.5. Just because you're looking at two solid defenses. Yeah, you're missing TJ Watt, but AJ Highsmith had three sacks last game. So they, they it's not like they're going to drop off too much production-wise, and Tomlin's a wizard, and he's going to get those boys fired up. So yep. but defensive battle, two offenses that are looking sketchy, especially if Najee's out, that under 40.5 in a run game battle, that's what I'm looking at there. I mean, run game battle could also be what Panthers Giants becomes. Uh, there's not a lot of great quarterback play there, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, watching both of those games, Danny Dimes is probably the 32nd ranked quarterback in the league right now, if not lower. <clears throat> and then I would put uh, Bake pretty low too. He can't take snaps. He can't take snaps out of the gun. He can't take them out of center. He can't hit DJ more on a slant. He. He just looked so off and was getting bailed out left and right. So I think this is just going to be a battle of whatever sloppy playmakers can make more plays. Um, over-unders at 43, Giants at two and a half. I don't know. I would put my money on the Panthers, to be honest. I like their defense a little bit more. Brian Burns is very aggressive. They have a little bit more of a secondary, I, th- I think. Uh, both secondaries are suspect, but... I like the idea of the Panthers defense getting after Danny Dimes more than I like the idea of the Giants defense getting after uh, Bake. The big thing that's that scares me about this matchup is uh, MetLife Stadium just like has more injuries than every other stadium in sports. Like it's not just in football. It's like across the the field, everything. So I'm really scared that Christian McCaffrey is going to get tweaked up in this game and that it's going to end up turning into this defensive game at home with New York. And I just see New York having a little bit of the hand. 43.5 point over under though. I think there's no chance in hell they hit that. Like I I just know that the Giants have a decent offense. But I just think that both teams are going to play bad. They're going to play that field position where neither team gets good field position. They just punt it away over and over and over, and they're just punting it to the five and then punting it to the five. And if that happens, like we're not going to get a good game. I definitely don't think 43.5 happens. Do you think no, that's I, because of the good defenses that both teams have? I think that it's also the offenses. I mean, Danny Dimes is like not a real quarterback. Like he's a budget Lamar Jackson, and it's like the most budget. I mean, you got the thing at Kmart on sale. Like, you don't buy things at Kmart on sale. But but those aren't the focal points of the offense. The focal points of both offenses are Saquon and McCaffrey, who are two of the, I would say, the two most explosive players in the league. And any any touch ever can go to the house. So if it just becomes a game of Saquon versus McCaffrey... Injuries aside, because both of them are liable to slip, slide on a blade of glass. And people go, oh, shit, I'm done for the year. <laughs> but, 
I think uh, I think if it comes down to that, bro, give me Saquon, nigga. Like, come on, dog. I think Saquon. against the Great White Hope. Come on, so I great. Mean, this, I know. I know. Game, I know. This game is the battle for comeback player of the year between Saquon and Christian Ooh, McCaffrey. I like, I like what that. a good call. That's a take. Also, because I mean. The way I I even said it, you know, in our earlier shows, Saquon and Christian McCaffrey were guys that I stay away from because of the injury history. But so, like you just said, man, if they stay healthy, they're two of the top three to four backs in the entire fucking league with the ball in their hands. And players, the players, they're they're wild on the field, man. I mean, like you said earlier, the ball landed on the ground. McCaffrey picked it up and ran it for 15 yards. Like, didn't even worry about Baker. Just said, my ball, and I'm gone. Like, the, you, you the can't, yard that. You can't teach that. That's that's not teachable. That's instinct. Hell, yeah. That's a great game. Another good game we got up on the slate is the Buccaneers going into New Orleans Saints. We got the GOAT playing against maybe Winston. Don't know. Could be a revenge game. Wait. You said it's the goat playing against Tom Brady. No, the goat, <laughs> goat playing against Winston. <laughs> hey, that's how I took it. Too. That's how I. That's took what it. I. Heard. You brain fucked me, dog. I was like, what? <laughs> that your knees? Is it? That's your shoulders. <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 leaning Buccaneers here with the uh, Kamari looking questionable, Winston looking questionable. I, I trust the Bucks and the goat over there. We're looking at minus 2.5 uh, and then 44.5 for the over. Uh, I mean, it's definitely good lines. Minus 2.5 seems like you kind of got to nail that. I mean, the, all they have to do is win by a field goal against the Saints. If Winston does play, I still think that the Bucks have the better roster right now. I mean, Lenny just looked unstoppable. And then on top of that, Julio looked like the fastest player in the field. He's still healthy. And then you've got Godwin hurt and Mike Evans potentially hurt, but I don't think any of that matters. Now, just for history's sake, Tom Brady in his last four games versus the Saints is 0-4 by an average margin of over 10 points. Mm. So that Saints plus 2.5 is looking a little sexy. Especially, is there anything you know, you like teasers there, adding a little more points to the Saints for you just to make you feel a little bit better about it? Because that Saints D... That Saints D is real. Like, I know, you know, Marcus Mariota was, it, what it do, was able to do what he was able to do last week, but him and Tom Brady are much different quarterbacks when you have the threat of the run versus a statue back there. I know he's the GOAT, but he's not scrambling and he's not running out of there. And the Saints defense just has a history of fucking Brady up. So, I mean, I can see where, you know, you always want to lean the GOAT, but that plus 2.5 kind of jumps out to me there, especially with the history's sake. I think that there is a big difference between this matchup and the previous four, and that's just the head coach, Sean Payton, the GOAT, is gone. So I think that we're seeing a little bit of a different Saints team last week. I mean, they barely squeezed out a win against a team that they were supposed to smash on. As well as Drew Brees, you know? That's a big factor. Well, they beat him twice last year with uh, with Jameis Winston one time, and then they didn't even have Jameis for the second one. It was Taysom. like with Taysom Hill. So, like... Yeah, but they still had Sean Payton. Sean Payton is the scheme man. I, I feel like that he's an offensive and defensive mind, and I can't even tell which one he like has more effect on. He's a talking coach. about daily talking about daily fantasy. Uh, Taysom Hill might be a a sneaky snag to put on your tight end slot. Oh, if that's he's a, starting. 
that's a sneaky snag to snag on Yahoo as well because he can play quarterback and tight end. So if you're running super flex, he's dangerous to have. If you're someone like me that has George Kittle in a low buy-in league and you're like, fuck it, I'm going to just grab Kittle right here because he's 30 points a game when he's healthy and now you don't have a tight end because you ran uh, Irv Smith Jr. last week, Taysom Hill, fire him up. They're giving him carries. They're running him out of the Wildcat. They're running him at actual tight end. Another daily play before I go on to the next game would be Julio in that actually. He's 5,500, and like you said, he looked like Atlanta Julio, prime Atlanta Julio, and Tom's going to eat that up. Godwin's probably not going to play again. Russell Gage lost his job as soon as he got hurt in camp, and then Julio showed up. Like, sorry to see you, bud. Evans is still going to be Evans, and like you said, they're going to feed Lenny the ball 25 times a game. They said they're going to watch his usage. Everybody says that every year before they give a nigga the ball 90% of the time. But either which way. We know what's going on. I really like Julio. And if Winston plays, I like Jarvis Landry a lot for 5,000. Everyone's jacking off about Michael Thomas. Juice got a crazy amount of targets, and he was the first read on most of those plays. So if he's back and it's not Ian Book or some bullshit, um, I like Juice there too. There's going to be a lot of juicy, juicy plays in this Commanders and this Lions game. Uh, I know we were talking about Wentz earlier. I know we were talking off cam about uh, some of the Lions, but the over-under on that one's 49, so a little bit higher than those other games, and they have Detroit minus 2.5. That's at home for Detroit. That was a really close game. We've said it all offseason that Detroit's going to compete. They're going to go for it on fourth down. He's going to kick on side kicks. They're just all grit out there. So this is going to be a fun one to watch because the commanders showed last week they're the same fucking thing, and Carson Wentz is just going to keep throwing it up. So... I'm going to honestly go with the Lions to catch an early season win, but it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to go over that point total. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of juicy fantasy plays in there. Or both quarterbacks just suck ass and it becomes a defensive fucking bullshit game. But I think it's going to be the opposite of that. Yeah, I don't mind hopping on the Lions whenever they've covered the spread more than any other team in the league. So I'm fair with that. This is the first time in 24 games since October of 2020 that the Detroit Lions are favored in a matchup. Let's and they let's put it perspective. They were favored 1.5 on the road uh, versus the Panthers. They're right now on FanDuel. It's down to minus 1.5. They lost that game by 20 points, 20 to zero. <laughs> now, so. <laughs> So just perspective sake. Now I I like the Lions in that matchup too because just I like I'm high on the Eagles this year. The way they were able to hang with them and make it a little scary for them. It also looked like all of their games last year where they got it down. Are they going to win? Are they going to blow this? And they just come up too short. Like we talked earlier, Wentz. Anything can happen with him. That Lions defense can make plays. However, I do think their corners are a little suspect. So I do look for. Samuel, McLaurin, Dotson. I look for those guys to eat a little bit. I, whenever I saw that it was minus one point five for the Lions, I had this like funny feeling, like man, I, I just that seems so weird. I didn't know that it was twenty four games that it had happened since, but I mean that's that's a little bit crazy. Another good game we're gonna have this week is a divisional matchup. We got the Raiders versus the Cardinals in uh, Las Vegas. We're playing it at 425, so it's going to be one of those good games that we're all going to get to watch uh, at the same time. It looks like it's going to be minus 5.5 for Las Vegas uh, with a 51.5 over. 
I think that what we expected to see from both of these teams last week is what we should see this week. We expected the Chiefs and the Cardinals to be a shootout, and then we expected the Raiders and the Chargers to be a shootout, and neither of them ended up really turning into that. It was kind of both of these teams just trying to come from behind and never really having any type of flow. So I'm really hoping to see the Raiders take off this week, see Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and uh, Devontae Adams all get into the offense. I think what we saw out of the running backs last week is what we can expect to see this week. And then from Arizona, I expect to see a lot more Marquise Brown doing what he did near the end of last week. And then I think that um, Rondale Moore should get a little bit more in the game plan, hopefully. But you're obviously every single time... uh, Cardinals running back touches the ball he's just going to score a touchdown because that's what he's done for like the last 150 times he's touched the ball so looks like a decent matchup a nice 425 game I like that game as a bounce back game for Derek Carr the Cardinals don't have the pass rush that the Chargers do so I don't think he's going to be under as much pressure and he'll be able to sit back there and find Waller and Renfro a little more instead of having to go to Devontae and lean on him so much so I do look for this to be a bounce-back game for him there. Maybe not anything stellar, like off the charts, but I, don't, I, don't, I would be shocked to see another three or multiple interception game out of him this week. With Rondale actually being a scratch and him not playing, Greg Dortch actually got a few Damn looks it. in that offense there. So and if Rondale's- Rondale is out this game as well, Greg Dortch might be looking to explode there. And, you know, like we were saying, like another, you're just looking for bounce back games here. Rams Falcons doesn't have too much to it there. As far as, you know, betting wise, you're looking at a minus 10.5 spread for the uh, Rams right now at home. What I'm looking at is Allen Robinson. I just want to see more effort on his routes. Cause you know, that clip went viral of his route tree and dude was just kind of out there jogging. I don't know if it's cause he was, disheartened because he wasn't getting any looks or what was going on there um cam Akers coming back putting up a dud need to see a little more pop out of him there so i for me this is a good tune-up game for the rams to be able to make a bounce back not have to do anything fancy just play your game get out of there but just kind of try to you know get things back in motion and get that offense looking any any kinds of better than it was last week 10 points versus what should be a possible Super Bowl matchup for you, that's not going to cut it. Yeah, and they definitely do need to show something else from that offense besides just stuffing the ball to Cooper Cup. They more than likely will. Uh, If they don't, I would really, really consider figuring something out and trying to get Allen Robinson off the team because they're going to try to sign Odell or move someone else in. Sean McVay doesn't really play about that shit, but... One thing I will say about the Falcons after watching that replay, whether you're nervous or not about quarterback or tight end or whatever, I'm fully comfortable starting Drake London in like my season-long teams now. He got more than enough looks. He's running over safeties. He's bodying people. He's catching the ball with his hands. He's not afraid. He looks very comfortable. I'm more. I'm starting him in one league, uh, whether it's pretty deep, and I'm just putting him in the flex. Fuck it. But uh, I like the PPR. I like the upside. I like the ceiling. I think he's going to be a a nice little smash play for a while, regardless of quarterback. It could be Ritter in the future, and they're going to connect. Drake London could be a dog. Could be the top fantasy player uh, for the rookies, at least, this year. Yeah, Yeah, for all we know. That's where we were talking about Kyle Pitts earlier, you know, him not really showing up very much on the stat sheet or anything. But he got as many targets as Drake London did. 
So, I mean, the targets were there. So it's another guy that you're looking for a bounce back game from him, at least on the stat sheet wise, uh, because, you know, a lot of people were high on Kyle Pitts. He went high on a lot of drafts there. So a lot of people are leaning on him. Parlays, prop parlays, all of that shit. Daily fantasy. People are throwing him in lineups. Especially, he might be a sneaky guy this week because, you know, his value has dropped from last week. And He's a third rounder, bro. People spent a third round. Instead of buying Saquon, like I did, they got Kyle Pitts. And they saw week one what I saw and went, motherfucker. and i respect it and it should be a bounce back but at the same time it was a completely different quarterback situation before where you didn't have to worry about the quarterback trying to sneak it in in the red zone pitts didn't score a lot of touchdowns in the red zone anyway but he was at least getting the looks and there was the potential for it and he's getting more downfield shit mariota's tucking it on these rpos and like running like there's going to be less looks than what Pitts is accustomed to just off of that. And then you add in Drake London being a body like, okay, get nervous. You don't get, you don't get drafted in the third round without expecting them to get 10 touchdowns. I mean, that's like, it's the same thing with running backs and receivers. Like they're at at least a hundred catch a thousand yards, eight touchdowns. But if they're not getting 10 touchdowns, like they're not going to really have the value you need there. I think that he still gets the touchdowns. I think that you're totally right, though. Mariota's a big vulture that is going to run it in at the three a lot instead of throwing it to him and to Drake London and keeping him open. If you couldn't get your hands on Kyle Pitts, then you could still get your hands on some O.J. Howard over from the Texans. We got Texans going into the Broncos this week at a 4 o'clock game. The spread is at 9.5, and the over-under is at 45.5. Definitely seems like the Broncos should take this one, but if you need a sleeper tight end, O.J. Howard's going to be there for you, and the Broncos got a great tight end with Albert O. I liked what I saw from the Broncos, and I definitely like what I saw from Jerry Judy. He looked extremely amazing whenever he got the ball into his hands, like what we expected from him his rookie year. Just injury aspects, we got to watch out for that. But he looks healthy for now. I think you take away those two fumbles from the Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams at the one yard line. The out, obviously the outcome, but just the reaction to that game would be completely different because that that's just two touchdowns right there that were going to be scored and just wiped off the board. That it's Houston, so this is one of those games like Seattle. They should win. I. It, them being at home to me, you know, Russ's first game at Mile High, uh, that should maybe pump up the crowd a little bit. Broncos country, let's ride. You know, that's going to be on the, you know, the Megatron there. That wouldn't hype me up. I, I, I just think Russ is like the corniest fucking dude in the world, and I just can't <laughs> fucking see it. And my wife asked me the other night, you know, like, why is he so corny? And I was like, I truly can't explain it. I was like, Is it because he's married to Sierra? Is that why? Or is that no, why he got no, married to and, her? No, and maybe Sut, like, I don't want this to come off wrong, but the way I explained it to her is he is mixed. And I don't know if he's trying too hard to cater to his African-American side or at times too hard trying to cater to his Caucasian side. And he can't find a nice middle ground. So he's just fake on both ends. And Sierra's the one thing he's able to say, yeah, but I bag Sierra. Not Not only are you right. There, there is no perfect middle ground. You just have to do one or the other when you do them. 
Well, my like, thing is, just be yourself, <laughs> and he just doesn't seem like he's being himself. He's just always putting it on an act. Like, but that's oh, who he is. He is a cornball. He is. But he it is. doesn't. The streets don't respect it because he doesn't like dress like a certain way. But white people like how he dresses. And hey, like, he, he was white, fancy. I like how he dresses. White, white I like how he dresses. Look at a weird little leery seeing no. him as a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't know. He doesn't look like Justin Herbert. But the streets know if Russell Wilson's out there, he's throwing bombs, fucking fifty-five yards into the back corner of the no. end zone, like right the, in your fucking hands. So, like, the tuxedo was a strong and aggressive choice with the bow tie. <laughs> a strong and aggressive choice pregame, knowing that if you lose that game, like he did. You're having to go into your post game wearing the same outfit. That outfit is for celebration. With intention, brother. I'm here to celebrate. I'm home. Hey, back to, I guess. To back, to the place, back to the place I brought a Super Bowl and would have had a second one if we would have just handed it to Marshawn. It's neither here nor there. And I do agree, though. Uh, Russ should have had two more touchdowns on the board if it wasn't for those jerk-offs just fumbling it right there. He uh, would have put up better numbers, but real fantasy like players like us didn't even stress because we saw what we needed to see. He slang it all over the place. He did eventually get it to Cortland, even though he took a minute and he did get it to Judy. He did get it to Alberto a little bit. He got it to Javante a lot, but like he spread it around. He did what he was supposed to do. It was cool to see uh, another guy that kind of did that, but he did it a little too much was Joe Burrow. Not only did he spread it out to Jamar Chase, a little bit of Hayden Hurst, he threw it to Minka. He threw, I think he threw it to Minka twice, actually. He fumbled it once. He gave it, I think he had five turnovers in total and still pulled off all that crazy nonsense and like driving it and just bodying it. So I'm interested to see the Joe Burrow bounce back this week versus the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys country, let's ride. I don't know if they can do that with with Cooper Rush. <laughs> I like that because we're a country team like that. You know what I mean? Uh, you guys are all in pickup trucks and shit, but the over under is 43 exactly. and a half. Fred, Cincinnati minus seven. I mean, that's an easy one. Bengals are going to smash down. Um, I would also smash that over. I think the Cowboys defense has pieces. Uh, they have parts, but offensively the game plan is going to have to be similar to what the Browns did last week and just give it to the two running backs over and over again, throw it to the bare minimum. Like we have a, a wide receiver one that we can't throw it to, but we can't even use him right now. Cause if we throw it, it's probably going to get pick sixth. So if they can stick to that kind of game plan, maybe they'll have a chance, but I think the Bengals just smack on them. No Dak, just call it dude. Like After the, seeing the, what Lenny did to him last week. I love Joe Mixon in this game. I love Joe like, Mixon every week. I think. And by, oh, it, side note, side note, side note. Before we get too far away, I wanted to say it before you didn't want to offend me, but I fucking love Russ. I love his corniness. When he first dropped the Broncos country, let's ride. I was like, oh, people are going to hate this. But he, <laughs> so he didn't know what it else to so do. Bad. He's sitting there. He's like, I don't know. I'm trying to like be cool. Like, I don't like being cool. I just want to play football, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck. I want to. I literally want to fuck Sierra respect- and throw touchdowns and get paid. I respect that he leans into it. It just, it it gives me a nice little laugh because of the corniness. I'm not saying I don't like, like, I love his game. Like, I was screaming for the Dolphins to take him over Tannehill out of that draft that year. Like, I wanted, I watched him that whole year at Wisconsin and just watched, like, how poised and shit he was. And, you know, it feels good to be right because I was absolutely wrong on Justin Herbert. (laughs) 
I did not want Herbert. I was ready to throw shit in my house if I heard his name come up, and I just looked like a dumbass. Like a lot of people. A lot of people were down on Herbert, and I blame that on Oregon. But no, like, you know, before we get too off track there, uh, I, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I may be playing concussion protocol, so I, I would doubt it, to be honest. I, I see the Bengals being up too much in this game for the, really the passing attack to give you much value. So that's why I said, like, I, you know, I love Joe Mixon in this game. Bron or Cowboys side, you're just hoping for garbage time bullshit. You know, if you've got CD Lamb or but you've got to start him because Pollard. of where you you drafted these guys, yeah. Pollard, you don't have to start. Dalton Schultz, you don't have to start. But Zeke, you absolutely have to. Like unless you have a flex. great flex, if you have a phenomenal flex running back from last week that you can move up and maybe bring some younger receiver that did really good or you think has a good matchup, that's a good chance. But you have to start Zeke. And you have to start CD. Like, you just put too much capital in them. You won't be able to start otherwise. So I have a league where I went running back pretty early. I have Fournette and Hunt and Zeke. And I bumped Zeke down to the flex and Hunt at RB2. But my receivers are also Justin Jefferson, Cortland Sutton, Amon Ra, with Jalen Hurts and Dallas Goddard at tight end. So I can, like, afford Zeke to be you know, down for a little bit. But if he's going to, like, not get it done. Amon Ra versus the Commanders could be the sneaky start there, though. Uh, if you Is it a three receiver or is it a two receiver? Oh, it's a three. three oh, three so you have to start. Okay, my bad. Open. I yeah. was going to say, if it was two and you could you could put him in, in the flex, like, that would be way better than Zeke this week. I'm just, well, that's not, actually, that's false. Zeke is actually probably a really great start this week. Because he was getting five yards of carry last week behind that line. With Dak the there or with not, they have to give him the ball this week. They've got no one else. Cooper Rush is not the plan. Now, you got to remember, that's... they also played Tampa Bay. Pretty good defense there. And yeah, Zeke I mean, maybe the well. best. Maybe the best defense. And he still did really well. Now, talking about teams that might have played really good defenses last week, you got the Packers versus the Bears uh, in Green Bay. It's looking like a pretty good line, minus 9.5 for Green Bay. It was uh, 10 last night, so it's even getting a little bit closer. I think that people think that the field's effect is a little bit more than it really is. Uh, it's 42.5 for the over. I think that people are afraid of Aaron Rodgers and like that receiving core. He doesn't have Devontae Adams. And the same conversation that happened whenever Tom went to Tampa Bay is happening right now. Did Aaron Rodgers make Devontae Adams or did Devontae Adams make Aaron Rodgers? And I think they were both the best at their position at the time of playing together. And that that's why we got to see artwork. I think that Christian Watson doesn't drop that ball. We're not even talking about Aaron Rodgers this week. So I think that the young rookies, they're going to have to make plays for this team to win. If Aaron can be that, you know, cool uncle that, you know, helps to motivate people a little bit and get you going, then they should be able to win. But uh, as far as fantasy relevance, I'm starting Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I don't know if I'm starting any of those running back or any of those wide receivers. And then for Chicago, I feel like you have to start pretty much um, Devonta. I'm uh, sorry. Montgomery, David Montgomery. He might. Yeah, you have to start him. Hey, how, I can't get it long? out of my head. I can't get it out of my head. I own you. I own you. Hey. Is what he said. 
He might get caught slipping this week. Don't sleep. Yeah, Don't there's... sleep on that sketchy Justin Fields offense playing backyard football on your bitch ass, bro. If Aaron's out there not scoring points, we saw Fields will do it in any condition on some weird shit. Like, hey. Yeah. The Pack- I think that helped him. The Packers I think that helped being, him. The Packers being minus 9.5 right now, I feel like that is just the Aaron Rodgers versus the Chicago Bears effect. Little too much for, you know, my comfortability just because of how the Packers offense looked in the passing game last week. So I do agree. I think they're going to lean a little more on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon this week. Hopefully they can get uh, Alan Lazard back because he is that one guy that Rodgers has shown that he's comfortable with the week with week to week. But as far as like, you know, any props or anything like that, that's there's nothing that really stands out there to me because this to me just looks like one of your basic games that Packers should win, should be handled nicely. Matt LaFleur saw it on Twitter the other day. Matt LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers. They are nine and oh coming off of a loss. So, you know, we don't expect the Packers to lose, but like I said, that minus 9.5 spread, that's just a little too rich for my taste. I would rather, you know, minus 6.5, even minus 7. I love trends like that. All right, so, you know, first Monday night of the game, or, all right, so first (laughs) Monday. Don't edit that out. (laughs) Leave it. it. First Monday Monday night of the the game. game. Yeah, first, first Monday night of the game. All right, fuck you guys. <laughs> First Monday night game of the week we have coming yes, up there. Titans at the Buffalo Bills. You're looking at Buffalo Bills. Another spread of minus 9.5 over-unders at 48.5. Now that's one. I'm not scared of that minus 9.5 there with the way the Bills looked last week. The way Josh Allen, again, like Patrick Mahomes, just looked like an artist, knows what he's doing in that offense knows whose receivers are he's comfortable with everybody on the squad basically has the same roster that they had last year added Jamison Crowder to that mix there Isaiah McKenzie's coming into his own a little more with the tutty last week that Titan squad struggling with the Giants the way they did we already talked about you know the Giants there how sloppy that team's looking I, I think the Bills fucking wipe the floor with them here I'm looking at maybe a 13 plus point victory for the Bills in the that Monday night game. This is one of those games that I'm going to try to hit some player props in because I think that uh, Buffalo is just going to eat all around that they're going to do like they did last week. That Gabe Vincent's going to get a little bit. Isaiah McKenzie's going to get a little bit and Stefan Diggs is going to get a lot of it. So you, you just bet on things like that to happen, bet on, you know, Josh Allen to get his 25 rushing because he's the best rusher on the team. And that's all that it really takes. I mean, it's, this, this is one of those games where you can do something like that, throw the money line for the Bills, and even though it's minus 460 with all those other bets, it, it'll be worth it. It'll amp you up a little bit. You know how Justin was talking about how good it feels to be right about things? And watching Josh Allen the other night, I would put him on the same category as Pat Mahomes. They're the two best quarterbacks in the league right now, and I don't give a fuck who wants to argue about it. In that draft class... Him and Lamar were my two favorites. I'm like, obviously, you have to like Baker Mayfield, Heisman, you know, all the cutesy stuff. But like, outside of that, avoid Sam Darnold. He's literally just another U.S. He's Mark Sanchez 2.0. Like, no need. 
Josh Allen is really that dude. I'm going all over that one in the showdown captain mode on DraftKings. You can make it a limited lineup where you pick one person as your captain, and then you fill your lineup with just four other people, and it can be any position. It can be defenses. It can be whatever. And last week I used Cooper Cup. I always use Cooper Cup in those, and you can just fill a lineup outside of it. Bill's Games is another one where you just put Josh Allen as a captain, or what I like to do is put Diggs. And then fit in Josh Allen, try to fit in the other quarterback too. And while Isaiah McKenzie's still cheap and these other guys are still cheap, maybe even Khalil Shakir, if you're feeling frisky, go real deep. Jamison Crowder was getting some looks. Throw those kind of guys in. They're just so fantasy friendly for that. The only guys I trust in season long are obviously Josh Allen, Diggs. If you're running that stack or if you have one or the other, sell whatever you got to sell to get them together because that's just going to win weeks alone. No matter what, you watched him just feed it to him the way Mahomes feeds Kelsey. It's fucking beautiful. And There's not enough money in the bank to buy that duo right there. Hey, I, I was trying to make that. it work in a league. My boy's work league, he has Gabe Davis and Josh Allen. And I'm like, I bet this dude just had a quarterback injury and he has a really shitty wide receiver situation. But he has digs. So you can make him feel good while Gabe Davis just had that touchdown. You know, throw him that. Throw him your third running back and throw him your backup quarterback just for digs. I think why wouldn't wise, that guy think that? You know what I mean? Like, hey, I'm kind of bulking up in all these positions. I got these other guys on injured reserve. I don't even have to cut anybody. And he just wants digs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want digs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the Bills are on a fucking mission this year. Like, the way they went out, you know, that coin toss, all that, you know, we all know the stories from that game. But, like, Josh Allen, the Bills, I legit think they're just, they don't care. They're going to put up 35-plus points a game every week. I don't think that this is a game that they do that in. Like, this spread or the over-under being at 48, I think that the you guys or everyone is sleeping on the Titans' defense and how they're going to slow the Bills down a little bit. I like Justin Simmons. I like I like what they scheme up. I like what they do. And I don't think it's going to be as many points. I think Josh Allen did show that he's prone to some turnovers, though. And he threw one really ugly interception that nobody wants to talk about because of all the great things that he did. But that one was very ugly. And good to great quarterbacks do that sometimes. It's whatever. But the Titans deal take advantage of that. And they're going to feed Derrick Henry the ball as much as humanly possible this game and just try to keep the Bills off the field. Exactly. And that's going to be the move. You, and then pressure Josh Allen like a motherfucker. And when you pressure him and you get to him, you have to bring him down. You cannot let the first guy, Josh Allen, shakes him off because he's going for 10 to 15. He's at least getting the first down, and it's already third and six. So, like, fuck. Now you got to go and do it again. Then he's going to get the third down again, and then he's going to hit digs on and out. And, like, get him when you get to him. And I think the Titans are really good about that, even though I cut them in every season-long league this week and picked up Cleveland. <laughs> Because of like Cleveland versus the Jets, Titans versus Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. Bills versus just, Titans last year was the game where that uh, video of Josh Norman getting absolutely tossed by Derrick Henry went viral. And that was another game, though. The Titans ended up winning that game. Bills highly did. favored, primetime matchup in Tennessee. I had a lot of money riding on the Bills versus player props, spreads, all that shit. Lost. Lost some good money there. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping for a little jump back here. I need to help, help a boy out. I got to put gas in the car. So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just, come on, Josh Allen. Help, help me out this week, buddy. 
So does that mean you're doubling down on Buffalo doing it, or are you going to try to hedge it and bet on Tennessee this time around? And oh, no, like I said, they're, they're, they're on a mission this year, but I'll, I would double down on the Bills. I think You double down on Buffalo. I mean, they can't fail twice, right? Can't fail twice. I, well, it is Buffalo. They failed four times in a row, but I was know, about so to that say. it could happen here. The next uh, big matchup we got is going to be on Monday night with the Vikings and Eagles. Eagles are going to be home. The spread, I can't believe this spread based off what we saw in week one. We got the Vikings at plus 1.5 and the over-under at 51.5. We got your boy, the gritty boy back. It's going to be electric. Going against A.J. Brown, it's, this is going to be a show out, you know? I mean, it's two top receivers and then two top teams, two top offenses, defenses, like – this is a playoff matchup that we get on Monday night. It should be a good matchup. I can't believe they're giving the Eagles the favorite. Like, I can't, can't believe, believe that it. they're – I mean, Justin Jefferson could legitimately be the the MVP based off of his performance in week one. And that was like a first-half performance. So I, I think that the over-under 51.5, I hope that this game is super explosive and we see 60, 70 points. That's what I'm hoping for. I think it'll be a great game that way. I'm wrong about A.J. Brown every single year, and I avoid him every single year, and then he goes off for 143 yards every single game, and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why do I like Devontae Smith more? Because he's the slim reaper, but I do think Devontae Smith has a bounce-back game in this one. I don't think the Vikings' defense is going to be as keyed in on him because they are going to have to key in and figure something out with A.J. Brown. And I do think, even though you guys don't want to hear this, Eagles offense did look pretty fucking straight, even though Jalen Hurts wasn't doing some crazy Pat Mahomes, Josh Evelson level passing game. He kept the chains moving, kept it moving, kept it moving. And if they keep doing that, Justin Jefferson can't do shit. They know that they're going to throw it to him. So they'll open up the game, triple coverage, quadruple coverage. Fuck that. Like throw it to Thielen, throw it to somebody else, which will open it up for somebody else. But I hope, I mean, there's nothing they're going to be able to do to, like, actually stop him, stop him. But I don't know if it'll be as crazy as last week. If it is, sheesh. Um, but, yeah, I think the Eagles' offense is fully torqued up. I think their offensive line's fucking crazy, and I think their defense isn't half bad either. Other than the Chiefs-Chargers, to me, this is the game of the week. This should be the most entertaining, the most evenly matched uh, like you said, both have solid defenses. Both have playmakers on the offensive side. Kirk Cousins isn't really a, you know, he, all the hate Kirk Cous- hate that Kirk Cousins gets, the man just produces. Like, yes, he's not really good. Primetime game. So this is where, you know, Kirk can start to rewrite a lot of narratives here because historically he just struggles in primetime. So I think that could be the edge for the Eagles. Also, though, you got to figure with the Eagles being at home, automatically they get three points on that spread. So with them at minus 1.5, to me, I don't see them as the favorite. The fact that it's so evenly matched with the Vikings on the road, I do think the Vikings do pair up more as the favorite going in. And I don't really see defensively, you know, the Eagles obviously have Slay and, you know, they've got playmakers on that defense. I'm giving the edge to the Vikings defense in that matchup there, and I do think that the Eagles defense, it's going to be hard for them to contain J.J. Thielen. Dalvin Cook's going to eat. DeAndre Swift just went off 
on limited carries and absolutely torch them. Dalvin Cook, I easily see the same thing from him this week as well. Thousand percent, Dalvin's going to be the one to watch. And like they try to say that the Eagles D line is so deep and so crazy and so ready for anything, but I'm pretty sure I watched Darius Smith do way more in a half than I watched the entire Eagles defense do in a game. So I don't know if I'm buying that, but if it does show up and have a bounce back week, the same way Devontae Smith maybe has a bounce back week, prime time, home, big lights, the whole nine, that could be it. But if it's another Kirk Cousins choke session on Monday night, that would be horrible. I don't think anybody really wants to see that, him just like throwing for 150 yards and like no touchdowns. It doesn't really look like the offense is going to let him do that this year. The way they were scheming up Jefferson and these other routes and shit, like it was easy stuff. And even under, under pressure, like just dump it off and let these guys like work in space. So I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I think there's a lot of DFS plays in that game as well. If you wanted to go showdown captain mode, slam Jefferson as your captain or slam AJ Brown as the captain and make sure you fit in both. And then wiggle in like a feeling because he could be good for a touchdown. Wiggle in a Devontae Smith, a KJ Osborne, somebody like that that can just squeeze you one. And then just Maybe load up Goddard. the kickers. Yeah, I mean, I love stacking Goddard with Hertz. Like, that's his little pacifier. Like, shit, I don't know who to throw it to. Like, got him. If you could get, if you could get Hertz, Jefferson, and Goddard as like your core, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah. I get you that's to expensive. Wait Monday night for that. And it is going to be expensive, but. So what you I do is here, I can try I'll try to, I'll build that. How about this? I'll build that on my Twitch stream on Thursday. Because <laughs> that's when I do my daily fantasy Twitch streams, but uh, that'll be a fun Shameless bug. Do. I love it. Shameless yeah. bug. I, I, I saw a couple holes earlier and I, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to hit it. it. I'm not going to hit it. I'll let the quarterback <laughs> keep it and fuck it, baby. I don't know. But whatever it is. Oh, um, the Statue of Liberty. You know what I mean? There is going to be a lot of juice in that one. And if you are going to fill it up where you do load it up with a bunch of the playmakers, you have the ability to fit in like the kickers and Jake Elliott's going to at least not goose egg, you know, like fit them in. They're safe. You're not going to be able to fit Hertz and Goddard and Jefferson and fucking Dalvin, but you can definitely fit the three of them and then squeeze in some cheap bullshit. And we can post that up. You can share it from the Twitters or something later. We'll like throw that. Right now, we do have our prime DFS lineup. I don't know if you want to post it later or you can post it on the socials or something, but I'm just going to read it off based off the prices. I'll uh, go over a couple of the other plays that are pretty fairly priced for this main slate, but the juiciest one that we came up with was Matt Ryan at quarterback with Saquon, Javante Williams, Jalen Waddell, DJ Chark, Jarvis Landry, Zach Ertz, Michael Pittman in the flex, and the Browns defense. There's just so much ceiling, and there's so high point totals on pretty much all those games. Even the ones that aren't, the guys that we threw in there are just getting so much volume, and they should be costing more than they are. Some of the DFS play costs, like Matt Ryan's only 5500 that's somebody if you were going to spend down at quarterback versus paying 7200 for Russ. Saquon is somebody that's 7300 but I'll fucking spend that based off of what I just saw and what they're going to need to do. Uh, Jamal Williams versus Washington, 5400 That's another one if you're spending down. They gave him the ball almost as much as they gave it to Swift, and they gave it to him in the red zone because Swift brought the ball all the way down. So I can see that happening some more. 
uh, Antonio Gibson's a little bit riskier, but at 6,200, if he does what he did last week, that's a fucking steal. But we also know Antonio Gibson, he could put up none. And that just happens. Um, Pittman Jr. at 6,700, he should cost the same amount as like, not Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup, but he should cost the same amount as Jamar Chase and those top end guys, maybe even Diggs. But he doesn't yet, so I'm going to continue to just keep paying for him and putting him into every single lineup that I can. Um, I can keep digging through some more of those. You guys got any what's, points on any of those what's guys? The, uh, Austin just put it in the chat there. What's the difference in price-wise from Matt Ryan to, say, like Carson Wentz? Okay, yeah, Wentz was also on my list. Wentz is only 5800 He's $300 more than Matt Ryan. Okay, so he that, is more pricey. That's actually yeah, shocking That's what I was wondering. But a little that's because of the matchup. It's because of the matchup. They expect a lot out of Wentz this week. Like they expect it to be one of those, like, oh, he's just gonna do what he did last week, get four touchdowns again. But I know the reason I like Wentz more (laughs) is because of JT being behind Matt Ryan Mm -hmm. and compared to AG, you know. For sure. Take that any day. And the one thing that I know though is that even with Jonathan Taylor, what they're gonna give him the ball fifty-five times? No. They're still gonna need to pass the ball twenty to twenty-five to thirty times. And all of those are either gonna go to Pittman or they're gonna be in the red zone. Cause everything else is gonna be Jonathan Taylor, like we're saying. Or check downs to Jonathan Taylor that he runs for big plays. So I like Matt Ryan just from a safety perspective over Wentz, because yes, Wentz looks great. Wentz does look great, but Carson Wentz is liable to just have a zero touchdown, three interception, two fumble, 100-yard performance completely out of nowhere while he's on a hot streak versus somebody bad. So I do like him. I like the value. I just don't trust him versus Detroit this week unless, you know, I'm feeling frisky. It's 300 bucks more than Matt Ryan. Uh, I am going to throw him in, but I'm not going to start him on any of my weekly like redraft leagues that- or anything like that. With that lineup you gave us, did you have any money left over or was that maxed out? Yeah, that was with like 400 left over. Okay. Oh, so you could afford Carson if you wanted to switch that up, if you're feeling that. A thousand percent. They just try to tell you when you listen to the fantasy experts and everything, try to leave a little bit of money left over because if you're spending all of it, that's what everybody tries to do. So you're going to make yourself a little bit different, have a higher likelihood of hitting for something major if your lineup is different. So, again, I think Wentz is going to be a lot chalkier. A lot more people are going to play Wentz, where I would spend 300 bucks down on Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan, Wentz, and Russ are my three that, like, out of all the main slate, those are the three that I would be spending on. I'll put my money on. They're worth their price per, it's like fantasy point per dollar or some shit. I think they're going to pay off the most guaranteed. Guys like Tua, risky. Kirk Cousins is a lot more. Uh, Kirk Cousins is on primetime, so he's not on this slate. Oh, true. Okay. This is just the main slate, just the 1 o'clock yep. and 4.30 games. Yep. We made quite a few whenever we were going through trying to find our, our pick of the week, and this was absolutely the one that had the most value. I mean, all of these guys are either the most targeted or the second most targeted person on their team. So that in and of itself is exactly what you want because targets is going to equal points in the end. Whenever we came up with our uh, pro football pod parlay of the week, it was very similar. There was quite a few variations we liked, but there was one that just kind of looked like the one to everybody. And that was, uh, it's going to be a teaser this week. So we're teasing it five and a half points. 
It's the Los Angeles Rams uh, to minus five, the Cincinnati Bengals to minus two, the Denver Broncos to minus four, and the Buffalo Bills to minus four, and the Miami Dolphins to plus nine. So some of these lines may have moved since we made this last night or the night before. Um, but that's, down. that's the, that's the pick of the week. <laughs> Those are what we see. I mean, I don't, I don't say choose all five unless you want to get the most odds, but even picking two or three of those, you're, you're going to guarantee some money. There's not a lot of room for error and those picks, especially with the teaser on them. The dolphins is definitely the riskiest of the picks just because, like I said earlier with the history that they've had in Baltimore lately, just getting wiped out. But I do be see them being able to keep that game close enough for that plus nine to still be a little comfortable for you there. So, yeah, the, like you said, you know, you're getting that at plus 5.5 on those spreads with a plus 400 value. Bet 10, win 40, go have you a nice steak dinner there. You'll be all right. Texas Roadhouse, you're living, buddy. Rolls it, for days. Maybe a get, little side salad for you. Perhaps a baked potato. You can still get it loaded. On the ground. You can get it loaded. Come on, man. <laughs> Spurge a little. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah, you just heard, you know, our two newest segment there. We got Sutz DFS picks of the week. We've got the PFP uh, parlay of the week. Going to try to hit you with those, see if we can win a little money each week. As always, you know, we always appreciate your guys' time coming out, hanging out with us there, shooting the shit. Hopefully we can get Sud on as more of a regular instead of being, you know, just a guest. But nevertheless, we're always happy to have him there. Appreciate your time, man. Uh, guess just next week. We're going to be right back at you. Might hit you with a little injury news before the games this weekend. So stay tuned for that. We're going to post the picks on Twitter for the parlay and Sud's DFS lineup. So you'll see all of that on the socials. Follow the pod at ProFootball underscore pod on Twitter. Follow all of us there on Twitter. We're just going to run it down real quick at PFP underscore Justin. Follow Colby at Coach underscore PFP. Austin at Austin underscore PFP. Sut on Twitter. You're at Chief Sut, correct? Yes, sir. Chief Sut. All right. So, yeah, like always, guys, we appreciate your time. We'll see you guys on the next week. Holler at you, boys. Peace.